Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to part two of Hardcore Listing with myself, uh, Mr. Potato Head, and my colleague, Chris Passion. Hello, Chris. Oh, yeah. Oh, mate. Nice. Oh, coffee, coffee. It's because we've been doing an advert for a mattress company and we've been doing mm. the uh, American accents and it really mm. plays havoc with my... Um, your throat. My throat. It pl- plays yeah. havoc with your face as well. You go American in your expressions. I like it. Really? really yeah, yeah, you get into character. Nice, nice. Yeah. So you I'm might like even hear that on De Niro. this. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I hope you like it or apologies. Yeah. It's going to go one way or the other. Oh, do you know what? Just a quick shout out as well, which we didn't do at the beginning of the, this last episode, which is just to thank everybody that come to the live show. Um, thank you ever so much, everyone that, that ventured... Um, into um, Hoxton. Um, that mate, that mate, that I'm still high from that, and that that was so cool to see so many people there, and we we had no idea, you know, because we weren't trying to ram it out with our mates. That was all listeners in there, yeah, um, and and people who were just awesome and really got involved and yeah. got stuck in. We had uh, listeners come up on stage and give their stories. It is a proper podcast that. And one of the listeners that come up and said to come from Scotland. Yeah. Um, another person was come over from Tipperary in yeah. Ireland. Um, yeah, but you know, wherever you're from, like, just thanks so much for making the effort to come and, um, yeah, pay your eight quid and 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 sit and listen to us talk yes, nonsense. Mate. We will be doing more. Um, there'll be some news coming out soon. Um, we're thinking of maybe doing like a little matinee and then trying to maybe arrange some kind of pub crawl mm-hmm. afterwards or something like that um on a saturday rather than a school night so we can all like go a, a little fun. bit wild afterwards yeah. anyway um we'll talk more about that i'm sure um who's the guest then mate who are we returning back to uh we're returning back to um the uh lovely adam fireset um who is probably known to most of you um as being the drummer in baby shambles um i'm sure if you listen to part one we've already gone right in on baby shambles and it continues um, in part two, and we we go in quite deep on on mental health, which yep. ties into where Adam's at with his career as well, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and his job. He's um, he's 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 doing that amongst other things, and he gives us a little exclusive on another job he's doing, which is brilliant. Um, yeah, we know that you're back because you've listened to part one because. It was great. So enjoy, guys. Oh, um, and we're going to be playing a song now just before we go into oh, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and this one's Sun, and this one's um, on Adam's uh, EP1, which I've been bouncing all week. So, and yeah. he was very kind to say we can, yeah, put the tracks up for you to listen to. So, yeah, um, yeah thank you, Adam. And enjoy, and we'll catch up with you at the end. Hi, 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 hi. 
Stay for tea In its sense my day was done I bet you love the sun I bet you love the sun Good, good people with the crazies on Inside out for all to see I bet you love the sun I bet you love the sun Love, 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 love Fixed by time Love, 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 love In another love I could have sat to see Goodbye and I'll never see you I bet you love the sun I bet you love the sun Love, 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 love Fixed by time Love, 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 love Soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. We're Yo, back. we're back. Yeah, we're back. 
We've just been having a chat, so let's go. Let's go um, straight in, yeah. But straight we, we, in. We were talking about different bands and stuff, and we, we've literally since part one, which has obviously been a couple of days for you. We've mm. we've been um, well. We've just just had a wee and, and restocked the drinks, and um, and we've just been chatting about bits and pieces. And uh, oh, firstly, welcome back, Adam. Um, <laughs> still here. Sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes yeah, you're lucky there. Sometimes that can be twenty minutes <laughs> before we're like, oh, I guess. <laughs> I would have popped in by now. I've just gone for it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, you can't expect me to be quiet tonight. We're talking about nineties <laughs> indie. I'm, I'm going to yeah. be fucking beyond excited. All right, is yes. Yeah. So this is yeah. So we got speaking about um, indie bands, and has there ever been or, or rock bands? Has there ever been an indie or rock band? Um, whose creative output has got better once the lead singer has lost all of his hair? <laughs> Boo Radley's. Sire, what was his name? Sire. No, no. See, the, the giant I've never steps. known his hair, so I don't know. Oh, there's, mm. he had long hair. Did he? But a, oh. kind of almost a little bit um, Francis Rossi. Okay. Like, um, no, I, I, I think early Boo Rads was, was better. Yeah, Smashing Pumpkins just fucking smashed it out. Yeah. No pun intended there. You know, first couple of albums... You know, I know a lot yeah. of people like the stuff after that. Did Aria make a... Who was that band? Because we were talking about them because I hated their single. This is purely where it comes from. So it's complete speculation. And they did that song. He did a whiskey drink. He did a lager drink. It was like Chumble Wumble or something like that. Yeah. And I was telling you how that really... That's yeah, a song that I don't that. like. It makes me violent hearing it. <laughs> and you, you said to me that... They were a big thing before that. Because he was a skinhead then, wasn't he? But mind you, was that out of choice or from hair skinhead. loss? There was one of them in the band, the one that threw the drink at Prescott, the Brit Awards, right. and no bacon. I thought they were like kind of road protester type people. Yeah, they, they, they were <laughs> Back all, to the planet. Yeah, like back to the planet. Yeah, they were... Who reformed last year, I really? saw. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Um... But um, yeah, no, they were um, they were like yeah, them kind of crusty yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Um, protest bands because mm. they had the single "Enough Is Enough" with credit to the nation, right, yeah, didn't they? Right, yeah. Um, Fundamental. And, yeah, uh, yeah, they were. Uh, they they've done their bit. Like, can, um, can can you tell when when Elton John lost his hair? At what point was that? When no, he, he's he made back. the switch. He's said we're back. <laughs> Right. Um, I think when he he lost he lost a bit of his air through stress when he split up with um, Nikita, um, but then um, it had grown back by sacrifice. <laughs> oh um, and yeah, and it's now got a, a fine body of hair. Oh, okay, as cool. So he doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> Hope he doesn't listen in. <laughs> yeah. You hold down for him to come anyway. on, Jay. Is that what you're doing? Tweet us. Giving up. Right. <laughs> Tweet us. Yeah, hardcore listening. If you're listening. Um, um, you said James in the break. What it got better since losing their hair? I don't or think him. so. I think no. Were. I agree. Yeah, yeah. What's your favourite James song? You know what I mean? It's you know probably "Come Home" is is the classic. Remember, kind of listening. The weather today. mix. Yeah, in the in the DJ thing. But I'm trying to remember what the the, um, the name of it is. That um, era, or a bit later. About two years later. It's laid on gold probably how was it for you no it's probably laid must be laid I think sometimes it's about lighting it sometimes yeah sometimes yeah that's it sometimes great tune yeah that is there's some good Say Something was on that album that was really oh, good that. yeah Say Something I remember when Britpop had just died they released that She's the Star as well for yeah it was great it's kind of a bit like oh where have you been for a while that album Whiplash there's a track on there called Tomorrow which is my favourite uh, James song right I, I, I haven't got uh, that album 
Oh, it, tomorrow was a single. It was. It's really fucking good. Um, they reckon that. Um, I, I read an interview with Brian Eno once, and because um, he produced all of that stuff, didn't he? Did he? Um, I don't know. Yeah, and and he says that they're um, by far the the most incredible thing he's ever worked with. Wow. He said like they're prolific songwriters. He said yeah, like yeah, literally yeah. can they can go right? Let's write a song, and within like fifteen minutes, they've just smashed something out of well, the park. I've never really dialed into James, and you saying that makes me think fucking hell. I mean, guess he's eighty five. You know that. What's that, mate? 85. James been going since yeah. 85. Bloody hell. They were going with the Smiths. It was literally, you know, some of that stuff. And I, I knew James has come home. Yeah. And I listened to the album that I come from and I think, all oh, right, this isn't really my cup of tea. Yeah. Same as Mock Turtles. Can you dig it? Hook into it and thinking, all oh, right. Not yet. And now yeah. as I've got older, I've appreciated it. Yeah. But but no, I didn't realise they'd been around that long. Yeah. I listened to um, Steve Coogan on um, Adam Buxton's podcast, um, a little while ago. It's his brother, isn't it? And it's Martin Coogan, yeah, yeah, it's his brother yeah, in Mock yeah. Turtles and he spoke about like, you know, his, his brother obviously becoming, you know, famous and stuff like that. <laughs> and, and, uh, it is a golden, golden uh, classic That's indie great. floor filler in it. Can you dig it? Brilliant. <laughs> so I have that on my, on my tape, that, the high box set go, the farm. Nice. What one? What farm? Things. Stepping Stone. Stepping Stone, yeah. Because I, you know what, I, I remember now one tape, because back in, back in the day, you had your tapes, <laughs> and it was the Indie Top 10. Do you remember the Indie Top? Yeah. Was it top, it's top 10, I think, but it had more than 10 hits on yeah. it. Yeah. And the one I had, I think it was number eight, it had Birdland Sleep With Me on it, it had New Fads Big on it, oh. it had um, Shaman Moving Any Mountain on it, something by Nitz Reb or Nights Reb, whatever they're called. Just joining the chant. Might be, but it's that one. I sourced it the other day on some MP3 downloads. Like, yes, this was, <laughs> this was a soundtrack to my, you know. Nitsa Reb, um, when we um, done the Brush documentary um, a few years back, because um, they're Essex boys. Oh, are they? Yeah. And um, and I I had a couple of years where I was obsessed with, like, I think, 88, 89, just kind of, just as I was getting into that kind of Manchester thing, I was obsessed with Mute Records and Depeche Mode and Nitsareb and yeah, yeah, and Nitsareb, fucking hell! It, I remember hearing it, and it was kind of pre Nine Inch Nails, and it was the most aggressive industrial. industrial. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And you hear it now, and it's it's, <laughs> yeah, just, it's so obviously you think the prodigy took it up about twenty notches, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like yeah. you hear it now, and you just think, oh god, I remember it was so aggressive that when I was when I was young, there was sheep on drugs and stuff like that. Yeah, Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, so you're listing your top five B sides from people that you have worked with, and we've already had on the previous. Um, I'm not going to tell you what we've had on the previous episode in case you haven't listened to it. So go back and. But if you're listening to part two first, stop following us on yeah. hardcore listing. We don't need you as followers. Yeah, play by the rules. Dumb. Yeah, there's rules to this. <laughs> okay, so um, predominantly your first three choices were very late '80s, early '90s, and I wouldn't say the same for you your next two so which one do you want to do first Ad? I guess you know the the lesser hit of the two would be the Magnificent Dance by The Clash okay which was B-side to the Magnificent Seven it's basically mm-hmm. the same track but kind of juggled about a bit with a few squidgy noises um, <laughs> you know it's, it, Magnificent Seven is a great track if, if, if you're kind of early dancey stuff mm-hmm. if you're on that vibe and again DJ wise you know the real I think The Clash is one of those bands that could pull off a groove yeah, a lot of bands could pull off a groove, but it was it was too much. But they still maintain that grit 
from the early stuff. So mm. I was always drawn to them. And obviously the connection is Mick Jones, you know, working with Mick Jones, producing some stuff with us. And um, generally hanging out with Mick Jones, there was a time when we'd be in places where we'd be parties and stuff. And he's like a surrogate dad, I guess, of, of the early shambles. Really? Days. Yeah. Amazing. Cool guy? Of energy. Oh, great. Yeah. You know, as a producer, he's very relaxed. <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, that's great. Just, yeah. There, it was less, you know, working with someone like Stephen Street or anyone else, it's very contained and it's very professional. It was Mick's just a, a real vibe guy. You know, mm. we lived together in Brecon Beacons when we were recording that first album before we got chucked out. Um, him and Bill Price, he's no longer with us anymore. But, you know, Bill Price had mixed London Calling, all the Guns N' Roses tracks. It must have been weird for them to be living oh, yeah. with us. You know, it was just like, it was mayhem. The Brecon Beacons? Yeah, we was in the middle of the Brecon Beacons because part of his parole conditions were that he can't, I don't know, something to do with drugs, he had to be out in the middle of nowhere. And I think this this organic vegetarian couple, they were running this really kind of, um, it's like a, like a yogic getaway studio. And then we kind of hit them. And, um, you know, and they'd... Did know, they bite off a bit more than that? Yeah, yeah. So we roll in at like four in the morning and I think someone's got like a ball of crack the size of a football. <laughs> Literally, it's... Um, you know, I think literally from the second day, there was like, right, they had to try and lay some ground rules down. Like, you can't go in the studio after 10 when we're not there. So, of course, we're all in there every night. Um, Pete had two ex-Marines looking after him as part of his condition. He had to have some security people. I remember How can just, you work like that? I, it was mayhem. I remember at one point he wanted to drive back to London, so he nicked the hire car. So he was driving through the beacons, and I'm trying to stop him, thinking, we've got to get this record done. I'm kind of clinging on. I love the fact we're going to die, but we've got to get this record done. At that point, you know, you you start forgetting because, you know, you've all had a a bit of sauce or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, and at at one point as well, her dogs were all asleep. She couldn't work out. They're so tired. You keep my dogs. I said, four dogs, really nice you dogs. And then you realise that there's Tramazza panel over the garden and dogs have obviously been eating. Jesus (laughs) Christ. I think they were right in the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And then at one point, one of our managers was because um, the military guys whatever happened at one point I don't know whether this was a dream or whatever but <laughs> the old manager was in the woods the old manager was ex-army as well he was in the woods in camouflage gear stalking something because Peter, Peter <laughs> just, <laughs> so Peter just sat him right so you've got these guys that just come back from whatever Iraq looking after Pete every morning like so trying to get to do press ups and stuff it was, it was just, I kind of trying to get Pete to do press ups Trying to get Fucking into I'm trying to even get my head around it now, trying to explain what's going on. It was like this clash of cultures. You've got this very yeah. sedate, hippie, yoga retreat couple, vegan. Then you've got not just urban ladism, you've got that. You've got drug dealers coming up and down all the time. You've got mayhem, total mayhem. Then Mick Jones swaggering around a place doing his Mick Jones thing. <laughs> It was just, it was just like a, a, another world. And and the armed forces there, <laughs> and the probably suffering there, p- from PTSD. Of, oh no, this guy's head, I blew off. Bloody In the Breck and Beacons. It was yeah. crazy. It we was, were there the other week, weren't we? Yeah. It was mental. It was a mental time. Uh, yeah, and then we got chucked out there after about two weeks. And they said, we, I'm not, not, not having it. So um, where was, where's your head at this, this kind of point? Because obviously, <laughs> you know... Um, so, was you, you know, if you, did you have children? Did you, was you married No, then no. Well, I, I was with my missus. I've been with my missus since the start. I mean, it's probably really kept me quite, you know, I'd come home and I'd be grudgy. I'd be swagging around with all the fame and be like made to do the washing up. 
it was a lot of tension then, I think, because it would be generally in a relationship. So I'd be touring. But I was with my missus before that anyway. We were both, I met when we were training to be teachers and stuff. So um, that angered you a little bit. I think did so, it? yeah. 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 Well, it did get wild. You know, I can't deny it did get, but I think it didn't go wild past the point of no return. Yeah. You know, and I see yeah. a lot of those casualties. Um, and because, <laughs> and because also, because I've worked, I've been in the real world. You know, I, I mean, I, I was in that band when I was 29, 30. So yeah. it's not like I'd come in at like 20. Mm. So, so do you like, think from being that age and, and kind totally. of obviously having a previous yeah, yeah, like yeah. other bands and things like that. Been in the real world. You, you could seven kind of gauge what was right and wrong. Yeah, was that, yeah, was that good? So. Do you think that was good for you? If, you, if, you, totally. if, if you'd have hit that at 2021. I always say this. I just went to university and had a fucking credit card. Yeah, and yeah. I nearly killed myself then. Yeah. You're talking about drugs on tap. Whatever yeah. you want, yeah. So and and then looking at, you can always justify it because there's someone injecting over there. So I just, yeah, you know, whatever it is, like yeah. that level of drug is nowhere near that. But now in the real world, even that's like, whoa, that's, that's yes, yeah, yeah. You, you've done that. It's like, wow. Yeah. But I'll, yeah, comparatively to what's going on. Yeah. But no, I think I was lucky enough to be grounded and have worked and realised that this is an opportunity that doesn't come along very often. From you know, from playing twenty quid gigs. Not even that, playing gigs for like years in front of no one and scraping a record deal where they'll give you a grand to record it and then you've got to do, suddenly there's these people, the rough trade deal wasn't very big at all. But then as that started to grow, and I could, I could sense it as well, like the press, he was always in the press and they loved it. They loved that, that, that bad boy image stuff really. So was you always kind of mindful that, you know, was you trying to kind of, I don't want to make this about talking about Pete Dockett all night. I want, we've got your list to talk about, but while while we're at this point, like, so was you ever trying to kind of go, right, hang on, let's let's try and get this sorted. Let's try and get this recorded. Always, like, always, always. That was me. That was that was that person. Did we, we, you know were people like kicking against you because you was being boring or? Yeah, you know, they you... would, but he would just disappear. You know, he'd oh, just right. go. So it'd be me facing the the record label phone calls. Uh, where is he? We've got a press person coming down. Can you do this? And um, yeah, there's so much tension there because it was, you know, selfish from my perspective as well because I wanted to maintain it for myself. Um, yeah, but he, he even now, you know, and I kind of half of me respects him for that, that he just he'll do what he wants to do. You know, and the last shambles of the last Libertines album was a nightmare from what I hear, trying to mm. get him to do his press. And there is a bit of me that respects that because yeah. it's like, well, I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. And it's like it's not a game, and a lot of these rock stars do play that game, and yeah. you can kind of sniff it out after a while. But right, I think right, with him, right. he's legit. Like, oh, no, yeah. I'm going to do that. And then yeah. initially, it used to wind me up, but now I'm you know, far away from it. It's like I kind of because there's no one else doing that, no one else really sticking to their guns. You know, he, he literally tours around in his little camper van, yeah. and uh, he is he is the real deal. And I've got to give him that. You know, there's a few things that we we've, we've griped against, and there's friction, but. I've got to give him that he is the real deal. He's, he's, he's made a lot of mistakes, but he is the real McCoy. Mm. You know, and I saw it as it was, it was tough at times. It's great. It was the best and worst of times. Yeah. It was, it's an extremely damaging environment. And I always knew at one point that there would be an after the, the band. I always held that in my head. And so always being mindful of that, thinking, be careful. You know, I mean, lucky there was no, there was no criminal records or anything like that. So it's like, it's all right. I've had that experience. Yeah, I know yeah. people that have come out of that and they're blown. Yeah. And now they're like mid forties yeah. and they're working in a bar. Yeah. Cause they can't do anything else, either mentally or, or whatever. Yeah. They haven't got any skills or they haven't got that together. Yeah. And I always knew there would be an after the band for me. That's a really good, God, that was 
a lifesaver really to yeah. think of that. Oh, and as you that. say, like blowing blowing up at that point when you're that age, you do have that sort of um, a bit more way with all about yeah. you, don't you? To to not be such a nightmare. Yeah, you don't worry about the future, do you? You know, I think. But coming out of that, you know, come out of the band and suddenly had a mortgage and, and a kid, and it's like, whoa, no, what do I do? Got to work out a way to pay the bills and stuff. But as I say, I'd already established some DJ stuff, so it was all right. It wasn't the same level, but a bit of teaching and and now obviously yeah, psychotherapy stuff. So. Mate, okay, right. So I didn't yeah, know about no, this. Yeah, so. no, yeah. Is this new? Yeah, no. The, um, yeah. I, uh, when when did you start with psychotherapy? Uh, well, I, I, you know, for, for myself, the end of the band thing, I, I just had to just square myself down. I was just a mess. It's like spinning top someone just put down. Boom, there you go. And you're trying to exist in this world. Which yeah. You've been in a world 100 miles an hour and now you're in a world which is zero miles an hour. It's like, I need some help here. So yeah. I, I first started like six, seven years ago. And it really helped me, but then trying to find like someone that, that can understand a being a musician what that what that's like, and the music industry. You know, you got people saying, "Yeah, well, you know, I used to be a manager of a classical orchestra." You know, and they say you don't know. <laughs> you haven't been on that front nah. line of, of that. You yeah, know, been on the front line. Not many, not many bands get on where you no, guys no. are at. I mean, that's like a different level, isn't it? It is. It's just so fast, and someone puts you down, and um, yeah. So so I started training myself like three three years ago. And uh, yeah, and then the, the goal was to always marry it with music. So it's music and mind putting together. So my doctoral thesis, which is just getting put together now, is about what uh, pre-existing mental health conditions people have or don't have. How does that react with the musical industry environment from a pop musician or rock musician? Fucking and what is the outcome? For some right. people, it's great. You know, it's not always destructive. Some yeah. people need it and have a very contained life and they come out and think, oh, a great experience. And it, some people, it destroys them. You know, we've all seen, you know, Good friends of mine like Amy and people like that, and there's other people, lesser media profile that, that aren't here now. And you think, and that wasn't just the industry. It's mm. easy to go, oh, it's the music industry, and there mm -hmm. is that. There needs to be a duty of care, but a lot of that stuff's already there. Yeah, you know I mean, it's just made a lot worse. So you you spent your your aiming. That's where your specialism is with psychotherapy. Yeah, within, yeah, yeah. Within the music industry. Be, yeah, industry. Yeah. Wow. I think it'd be silly not to put in that experience. Yeah, no, hundred percent. You've been you've been on that. You've been on yeah. the front line. Yeah. For it. Well, um. So is that psychotherapy? Is that things like seek cognitive behavioural therapy journey? Of that that's is that a completely different. Yeah, that's, that's kind of. That's the short-term stuff. A lot of GP surgeries do that because it's cheap and they can get people in and out. Do you know what? Like eight in principle, mate, yeah, it's eight sessions. In principle, that sounds good. Mm. But like, I, I did that. I did CBT for eight weeks and I might as well just not bother yeah, going. I, I think, like, honestly, like yeah. in principle, but it was a lot of sending me handouts and going, I'll read this. Yeah. It's, not, it's, it's like, oh, that's not it's helping. It's about connection, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, and, that's, you know, and they got to the point the government would give people CD-ROMs and you think, yeah, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> one... Yeah. That's one part of it, but I mean, I, I do like the, the kind of the bigger stuff, the deeper sort yeah, of thing, yeah, long term stuff, mm. you know. And I think people need that. I hundred percent do. It's so easy. No. Like, I, I felt that when I went through it, was, mine was for masturbating, by the way, Stu. If you right. wanted to, know. <laughs> um, no, it's um, serious now, isn't no, it? No, no, it weren't. It was, uh, <laughs> it was uh, parent related stuff, basically, <laughs> and loads of stress I was going through, blah blah blah. But like, I felt straight away that it was like it was a processing system yeah, and yeah, like yeah. there were principles there that made a lot of sense yeah. like it didn't they haven't just made it up and gone oh this is coming yeah. there's sensible there but it really felt like a box checking exercise well, it and it's, I don't it's think one that, size fits all and, and we ain't like that no and yeah. I don't I just don't see how I, I think when we're talking about mental health we just mm. haven't got a grip on it have we um, 
it's not a quick fix. No, it's changing. It's not an easy way to... No. You can't... You know you know when when your arm's fixed, right? When you break mm. arm, it's fixed. It's functioning again, right? But mental health is a funny yeah, old fucker. Yeah. And you, it's not very easy to just put your, fight, put your finger on it and go, right, you're sorted now. Because mm. it's very difficult to see time. if yeah, it's been yeah. fixed, you know? So. Well, you know, uh, it's very much at the, the forefront of... I actually... I know I was moaning about the enemy earlier, um, but I walked past... HMV uh, the other afternoon and they were giving away free copies of the... Uh, they still exist, HMV. Yeah, as does <laughs> the NME. Um, and it, it, it's a dreadful read. But um, there was a big thing about spot uh, uh, to note, you know, what if you could potentially have mental health issues. And it was spurned off the back mm. of the... Um, Chester. Chester. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right. And, and obviously, I mentioned like, Chris Cornell and such mm. in there, but... You know, that's that's two huge figures in music, isn't it? That yeah. took their own lives. I feel that it was linked as well, didn't they? Like Ch- Chester and Chris knew each other. That's mm. the thing, isn't it? I mean, there is there is that thing that if someone in your social circle does it and you're of that way, you may be more inclined to do it. The first thing you do with a client is if they've, you check in. You know, if they've come in first thing, have you been around it? Has it been recently? Because if they're feeling that way, it's a it's a warning sign. It's like, well, we got we got to contain this and make sure you're safe because. You know, if it's happened to a friend of yours, then you can easily lean into that. Definitely. Well, no, no, it's a real cliche, but they say they have, suicide happens in friends. You saw us when I used to get on the train, mm. and you'd have, you, you would see, like, you would see spates of it mm. where people would, you know, hit the line, and then a couple more might go. It's, 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 yeah, especially in music now. Now it's, now it's kind of, I work a lot with Help Musicians UK, and I've done a lot of BBC radio interviews recently about it, about my experience, and... You know, and it's, it is easy. There was this big study done a few years ago saying music is healing, the industry destroys. And, it's like, and my thesis also explores that and says that's not the case. You know, I think people, I think most people have got a few gripes, but taking it over that, that edge takes you somewhere else. And in the music industry, it's hard, you know. <clears throat> it's hard. The money's great and the partying's great, but it's a demanding lifestyle. Mm. It really is. It's not easy. It's demanding and it's very compl- complicated. Um, yeah, yeah. Like the, so- the, 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 the networking that happens within the, 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 the music industry. Mm. It's not facts and figures, you know. It's not like all businesses. Mm. Not all businesses are that way, but it's not straightforward in that. There's lots of socialising and people, positional know. plays and interaction. I think that's a lot of stress on someone. From my limited experiences mm. with my friends who work in different areas of the music industry. Well, I, you know, I've always found that, you know, being in small bands and, and, and being around people that have been in bigger bands and, and, and whatnot, is, I do think, you know, even with, with, with lots of, sort of DJs, and, I, and, I, and I'll lean this more towards potentially like the, the indie alternative scene, for want of a better description. I do think there's always a yearning to kind of, be seen to be yeah, achieving yeah. something yeah, and yeah. you know whether you've been an in-betweener at score or a nerd you know is this your you know is this you know you've made it you know what I mean is this your fingers up and I do think you know that you know lots of people in indie bands have that kind of desire to prove themselves and mm, you know and and, totally. and have a voice and you know and you know, everyone wants to go home and go, there you go, I was on top of the pops. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And, and there's, I don't necessarily think that's a, I think that's a good thing and a bad thing. No, I think, yeah, you know, it's, it, it's it, a human it, thing. It drives you, yeah. but, but then, you know. Well, the downside is, because you can't sustain that. It's what we're seeing now and all the X Factor stuff, well, not X Factor, whatever it is now, mm. is those kids are elevated like that, bam, they're gone. Mm. You know, so 
that's a challenge then because then you're thinking well what happens next for them even well, some yeah. of the bands you know, you're up and you're down totally that, that young lad who also killed himself so when um he was his little lad called Chris, and oh, yeah, was, yeah, and, yeah. and 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 that like the pressure on him. So he was one. I think it was Gene Simmons, wasn't something it, from like yeah. uh, Kiss? Yeah, he did one that was like rock star or something like that. And a little lad on that Chris, was called little, little Chris. Chris. Yeah, and he unfortunately took his life. And he had, you know, you could he had mental, obviously mental health um, problems, maybe even prior to, but very much exasperated yeah, 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 yeah. by the pressures and wanting yeah. to be. A, su- a success and whatnot. I think it's really hard. You know, you can the classic example, Michael Jackson. People are like, although he didn't effectively die from that. You know, you see from a very young age those child stars. It's, it's it, it kind of is what it is really. But yeah, I think it will change. I think people will start to look at it differently. The more people that struggle, because you look at these people like Chester and and you think he's got everything. You know, he's, he can go out and tour once a year and earn loads of money. He's got a beautiful wife. He's got all these kids, but there's something that weren't working in there. Yeah. I mean that's that's just tragic. Like people, we talk about if suicide. If you're not happy, you're not happy, are you? Like no, having a million pounds in the bank might make things more comfortable, but it's yeah. not necessarily going to. No. You, you know, you, when you're still going to get into a bed wherever you are and shut your eyes, and if all's not right when you shut your eyes, then no, you're still going to be there in the morning, no, isn't it? I always it? use a strange comparison about how many neurons there are in the brain. I bored you with this, but there's like 86 billion neural correct connections, or something like that, and there's like 200 billion stars or galaxies yeah, it's yeah. like our brains are pretty big inside our head yeah that no matter what the reality you share with everyone else that might not be your perception of it and it's it's, it's almost impossible to judge Always. how yeah, how yeah, someone yeah, yeah. how someone is weighting those two things and yeah. it's very you can't sit and say well that, that you know that's wrong i don't suppose chester really wanted to be find himself in that situation or chris that they you know end up taking their own life it's, it's tragic you see like this sort of thing the pressures you get in here like the child stars the, the movie stars mm. as well I see that being really similar they got pulled through you know, all the big 80s kids like Corey Haim yeah, Corey yeah, Feldman yeah. fuck yeah. me man yeah. they went through hell I mean that was that wasn't suicide what was Corey it's Corey Haim who died isn't it Feldman's still going and he died I think that was drugs but it's substance but that's what happened as well yeah you know. if it's not yeah, suicide what, what, you're just constantly you're, you're just mm, you're effectively got, suicide because you, you know a lot of drugs the harder ones mm. you know it's about turning the brain off isn't it really you're, de- it's de- you're detaching well. yourself and then you're finding out now it's all cut. again what you were saying you know hopefully these things are changing I mean, you know it'll come to like that these kids are being passed around all sorts of fucking horrendous fucking groups of people do you know yeah, what I mean yeah. well very much the, the Corys were yeah it's, uh, you know Feldman's come forward and said that they were being you know sexually abused and yeah. you sort of I sit there and watch like The Lost Boy one of my favourite movies ever and um I sit there going, oh, fucking hell, they must have been having it away, those two lads. They were like movie stars. They were as cool as fuck. And then actually they're probably getting molested. It's like, Jesus Christ. I mean, that's going into a different sort of side of things. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. I mean, and I guess it is a very grand view of what we were saying earlier about the industry, whether it's DJ, whether it's acting or anything like that. It's like the reality of it from what people perceive and 90% of people are never going to see that side that we've seen in the mm. reality of it. Not that, you know, I'm not saying it's all bad, something's great, but just, just knowing, just acknowledging that it's not quite as real as you're being sold. Yeah. From the enemy covers. And, I, and that's what I was saying when I started here, a lot of that, that myth and that romance is kind of gone. Once you've done that, once you've done your Wembley arenas and you've, you know, my goal was always make it, make it, make it. Then you make it and it's, it's incredibly but hollow. Where, did you know that you'd made mm. it? 
Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I've done all the big things. I've done all the festivals. Mm. You know, I remember working really shitty jobs in factories, mm. cycling back from like nine hours a day of melting plastics together, driving past always this Reading Festival and a Phoenix Festival. That must have been like 91. And just thinking, wow, being into bands, that was like, you know, it's heaven. Yeah, totally. And then doing it, and you're like, whoa, then doing it again, and doing it again to the point where you're like, oh, God, we've got to do Reading again. And like, oh, God, that shitty portaloo in the back. Well, it turns into something yeah. different. Yeah. And then, yeah, because for me, it's almost like there's just been this lovely tunnel that's pulled me through. And then you kind of get out of the tunnel and you have to reconstruct your next set of, set of goals because probably not even 90%, probably 99% of people were never going to get there. So that carries them through, even in their 40s and 50s, mm. they've still got this romantic notion, reading, yeah. oh, you know, this, and they go out and see their old bands and all the Britpop stuff mm. and they try and reminisce about that. But I don't know, for me, it's like... I, it's just not there anymore. I don't think, I think it's also a little bit dangerous. Like, I, you know, romanticising about the past or linking onto the past, you've got to look forward and you've got to plan forward. Mm. I think as soon as you, the more you look back, it's not a healthy behaviour. Like, I think the more you romanticise with the past or want the past, it's never coming back, you but know. music-wise, like, it's know. massive, isn't it? You think about the bands now that are touring, mm. it's all old stuff and there's yeah, no real true. room for the young ones. You think, like, even for me, my biggest band was The Roses and recently I was doing it, DJing their after party and I thought they offered me a ticket and I thought I can't do it I can't because I know it mm. won't be the same as me mm. sitting down as a 17 year old watching Empress Black, Blackpool live it won't be the same no. and I just didn't go because of that because yeah. I knew it, it would have changed my whole thing on it yeah. well, I mean, it's, it's for the, it's for the youth uh, though isn't it it's for the youth re, re sort of like grabbing getting hold of it yeah, oh, no, no, that, that, no that was that no, was that no was a lot the roses no. at, like when they done the Man City Stadium no. right. it's just going to be fellas our that was age really? yeah yeah, yeah. living the dream again yeah okay but for me it won't it's the best karaoke night out you're going to have isn't it and it wouldn't it just wouldn't touch those memories yeah my missus went to see Guns N' Roses I'm not a fan you don't know what I'm no I never Based, yeah. but uh, they're, they're good at what they do mm -hmm. but for everyone that went to that said they were fucking incredible mm. but but then I don't know it depends what you you want I've, I've seen a few things I saw the Pixies come over and do do little mm. Mm. Sort of Lemonheads do Shame About Ray yeah, yeah. and like and, and I saw the Wonder stuff do I can't think what it was Eight Legged Groove Machine or whatever and and it, I loved it and it was like yeah that's good because it was just Nostalgia, isn't it? It's yeah, nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I never saw Pixies first time round, and fuck knows how Evan Dando come out and still looked as yeah, beautiful yeah. as he did when he was fucking twenty. Mm. Like, and I just think, how do you still look like that? What yeah, you've done yeah. to yourself? Yeah. But um, see, but, I hope I can get to that point. I don't know whether it was my, you know, the cynicism of the industry. So, because I'd really love to get to that point. Like even now, on the way here, I put on Modern Life is a Rubbish Blur. I think, and oh, no, it's really evoking yeah. loads of things. But I think, yeah. would I, you know, remember. Then the part of life was out, and we was doing all the tour with them, and we watched them as, as kids, just watching them play, and the buzz and the vibe. I think, would I want to go again? I don't know, but I, I would like to be. I'm hoping, you know, maybe I've maybe seen that them. never will come back. But you know, that's you know, it, it might be cynicism, but it's experience, and it is relative. Like to, to the extent of shoes experience that to, to yours, they are mm. on completely different scales. Yeah, yeah. And what you were saying there, this economics, the law of diminishing marginal returns is the more you do something, the less you fucking you get out yeah, of it yeah you know like yeah. you were saying you know you do you do ready once then the fifth time you do it you'll li you can you can't be bothered with it yeah first yeah, time you true. probably palpitations oh, nervous yeah. as fuck it's great last time you you, you just get it's on get done get off you know so yeah i guess it, it does do it it's when you've had it on that sort of scale i think it'd be difficult yeah not to have that i don't really um, miss it either it's quite interesting mm. i don't really miss it yeah you know because it was pretty crazy as well 
there's a lot of that stuff it's like whoa you know it's talking a few years of doing some stuff um it's like yeah i'll do it as a sabbatical you know i don't think i could go <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah. just when you get to a certain yeah. age as well it's starting you know be like a mid 40s year old man i don't want to yeah, go and yeah. have it Ooh. yeah so yeah, what's yeah. day to day now what's what's an average day for you adam um i'm doing a lot of kind of research stuff on the music and mental health stuff a bit of teaching i did i've still you know for me it's really important to continue releasing records and and keep one foot in that yeah so bit of writing and then sp- i spend a bit of time i've got my own practice music in mind where i see musicians people in the industry uh, in, I've, got, I've got like an office in, in Angel so it's a bit of being a therapist a bit of being a musician a little bit of teaching a little bit of DJ a little bit of performing the goal is is to be a therapist and a musician I think I think that's the goal to do both if I can manage that you know to do to, the idea would be to like tour three days a week come back and do research and see clients and all that touring experience plough that into yeah, the client yeah, stuff yeah yeah cool smashing because even touring you know you get, yeah. when I do the solo stuff still now it's, it's a different stuff because it can be incredibly mm. lonely because I can't afford to take a band because it just doesn't justify it as soon as mm. I take a band I've got to get four, three rooms the bands aren't going to get that big a fee it's just another level so if I do solo gigs now I'll get quite a good fee I can drive up to Scotland do six seven dates come back sell some records you know it's, it's, it's a nice little cottage industry mm. do it on pledge music pays for it press up vinyl press up cds it's all written by me or performed by me i go and use you know kind of frank turner's studio with with, with a mate of mine tristan oh. who records all that stuff and the pledge music campaigns always pay for it i've got i'm lucky i've got a good fan base it's never going to be huge but i don't want it to people no. say oh yeah right if we get you a plugger then the press it's like no i'll forget it i'll yeah. do my mail out mm. i've got, got twenty thousand people on mailing list Every time I release a record, you know, the opening rate is like 40% of that. They'll always support wow. it. You know, yeah. I'm at seven, eight albums in now. And no one really knows that because it's not, I don't go bam, bam, bam all the time. Mm. It's really nice to have that. It's a good place. Context. It's a good place to be making music as well. It's great. Because you, know, you don't have that pressure. There's none of that. I don't make money out of it. I'll make money out of a few gigs if yeah, I want yeah, to, but yeah. I don't want to be on the road five no. nights a week. No, no. You know, saying, so, oh, anyone, I've got, I've got a place to stay in Stockport. I don't want to do that. <laughs> can you sort it. of like, with the musicians you meet, even when you're talking, can you not twist their heads up? So that then you can, you can do a bit of psychotherapy. Yeah, maybe. Go, what'd you say there, mate? Oh, I don't know about that. What do you mean? I don't know. Come and see me. Come and see me. It's not like the Far Show. Speak to my eye. Look at my eye. <laughs> it was that guy. It wasn't the Far Show, was it? Who said that? Little Britain. Little Britain. Look at my eye. You're under. under. It's not quite like that. But no, the goal is to do something in November, which is kind of, um, what's it going to be? It's going to be like a community thing first to get people in musicians or whatever that's kind of suffering and just have a little just basically an open forum because Ruby Wax does this thing where before her show she'll get like rent out a little coffee shop and everyone will yeah. come in a little chat just basically like it's not even therapy it's just groups and yeah and having a shit time and and so the research says that that stuff's really fucking helpful that people mm. just to hear someone go yeah I'm struggling too can be so helpful man just someone's in a hole um, so the goal is to do with Help Musicians UK something like that to do like a week's tour where wow. I'll go and do like a just an open forum you know, and chat about stuff. And, um, but it's still incredibly hard. You know, it's even being a therapist and being in therapy is quite, it's easier to admit to that stuff. But it's still, I still feel this incredible amount of like shame on my shoulders sometimes when you're doing that thing. Cause you've got to be open. You've got to walk yeah. the walk. You can't go, yes, well, from a psychotherapy, because that's bullshit. You know, yeah. all of my clients is like, I don't know how you feel cause you're very different, but don't for a minute think that we haven't been on our own journey yet. You know, it's yeah. very, we've all been on that. And, I think in that context, it's still quite hard in the music industry to do that because there's still this image of, oh, he's a bit damaged. But some people like musicians like that. But as soon as you sidestep into something professional as well, 
people can't quite get their head around it anymore. You know, you were this guy in Baby Shamans we used to love, and yeah, and now you've been like a grown-up. It's really yeah. hard. It's really hard to mix those two yeah. roles. You can go one way or the other. You know, and I thought, well, it is what I am. I can't lie. But someone said to me, he said, you've got to be careful. Someone said, well, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't tell people you do that. And I thought, well, I can either heed that advice and just be Baby Shambles, solo drummer, whatever, mm. doing his guitar stuff and, and, and live, live into that a myth. separate world you're doing the other. Yeah, yeah. Or, or not. And I thought, you know what? It is what I, I am what I am. Yeah. It's easier to be like that, although we don't always do that. We often mask our sides and hide our hide our sort of like passions and identities. Yeah, and um, it's a lot. It's ultimately easier. You just have to be a bit braver to do it. Do it. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That way. Oh, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. Is there many people that have taken taken on those two sort of roles? No, that oh, Ed, Ed Simmons, Chemical Brothers. Really? Fucking hell. Yeah, wow. And they're all a bit underground because they've got more money than me, see. <laughs> um, who else? There's a f- been a few. Uh, what's the guy? What's the, the breakbeat? Freestylers. Uh, Freestylers. Matt Cantor. Matt Cantor is a psychotherapist as well. Wow. Who else? There's another one. I think that's, that's the, the contemporary ones. It's just us. Um, there's a lot of people music industry, but it's the other side of it. You know, it's like... Yeah. Um, and again, out of those, you know, they're studio musicians, really. Hmm. They haven't right. kind of have felt that grit of on the road. Yeah, yeah. And it's great. And there's sometimes a kind of thing, I've done this BBC thing, and all the, all the articles after were like, oh, yeah, you know, what about firemen and policemen that have got to drag people? Because I was saying about how traumatising industry is. And you feel a bit guilty, or I felt a bit guilty saying all this, but I think it's true. And I did come out of it almost traumatised. You know, good, I had great money, I had a great experience, but it's still, it's still spinning. Yeah. And all the comments, well, you know, you were a rock star, what did you expect? And you think, well, I don't you know. Cute, but that really annoys me because you 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 can only gauge things by your experience of so, life. It's all rel- your it own is. problems are relative to yeah, your surroundings, yeah, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Like, go go through it, and then sort of like then you'll be able to sort of see you know if, if you if you're valid in that, which anyone always is in how but they feel. That opinion, you, but I think yeah. it's that opinion which keeps yeah. which keeps the problem being a yeah, problem. Yeah. People going, oh yeah, but you're not as bad as it. And I think there's still that old school mentality, yeah. isn't there? But, oh, just get on with it. Come on, man up, and that's you know. Is what it is again. People have their own views on it, but, yeah, but it's changing. It's changing a little, isn't it? Where our conceptions are changing I, I, I a little, but it's just not. There's like, a lot. Um, to, there's a big way to go. I, yeah. I think things like social media are really good for it. I, I do think, like mm. you know, it's good that you, you know, 
I've, I've seen like doormen that have worked for me, you know, if you suffer with mental health, you know, it, one of them kind of little me, memes, me, mm. no, I said Mimi the other day and you went there called memes, didn't you? So I'm, I'm not, <laughs> Mimi! I'm, I'm not down with the kids. Um, you know, about share this if you've, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and I'm not being funny, that to me, I wouldn't give two shits about sending yeah. on something like that, but yeah. for someone like a, a doorman or, mm. you know, someone mm. who's probably not quite as, I don't know, open-minded mm. and, you know, view on, on you know, in, in their upbringing, to do something that's probably quite a big thing. Yeah, definitely. You know, because yeah, their yeah. mates are going to be like, fucking man up. Yeah, you know? yeah. And like, and I think things like that, it, it all chips away at it, doesn't it, you know? So, and, uh, yeah. Well, Stormzy, you mentioned NME recently. Really? They got a load of shade from Stormzy because right Stormzy oh, yeah, made yeah. the comments that he had, which again is all part of this thing, but not a doorman. It's obviously someone you know, a bit larger explaining his relationship with mental health. Mm. And then NME sort of like just ripped Put him, him on the cover. Yeah. This is the other strange, side though. of that now. What you're getting is this, and it's, I don't know, and there's a cynic in me that kind of thinks maybe it's getting too much that way. And I don't, right, I'm, trying right. to, I'm trying to work out why. Yeah. You know, as you were saying, all over Facebook, people have got this stuff, and I don't know. And I was trying to put it together. Why? Do, why does that? I think it's a good thing, but there's a part of it that rattles me a bit, and I'm trying to work out what it is. I don't know. It's almost like detrimental side of that is it can be a badge, and I, don't know, I think it's yeah. worn as a badge again and again. And like my mate was saying, he's a college lecturer. He says, you know, the kids know. Oh, you know, we, we're suffering from anxiety. We can't do this. He said he he gets it because he's at that stage, but he wants it to get to the point where. Can't do anxiety because I'm doing this. Okay, your anxiety. This is this is what we do. Then it's here it is. So you get an extra week. You get this. You get support, rather than being used as this big thing. Mm. And I, I, I can't even explain what I'm trying to what, say. What do you mean? Where it almost become a bit desensitised? Yes. To the, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or oh, people are using health. it as a you know a means to sort of and like also the sell things. Me, well, or, this yeah. is the whole thing because the other cynic in me is like suddenly it's coming big and you've got a lot of these big stars coming out with it and. It's probably really authentic, but there's a bit of me that kind of thinks we all know it's current and contemporary. How much, how long will it take before, and maybe never, maybe it's some cynical and the PR goes, oh, yeah, you you suffered a bit of this, didn't you? That's kind of flower fluff mm. this up a bit yeah. and, and, and project it here. It's got to happen, right? It's so. got like, any, it's any, really Anything's got to happen. I don't think it's cynical. I think it's realistic. Mm. I mean, the level of how much it happens... You know, you, you'd be cynical if you thought everyone saying it is yeah. is doing that. But there's going to be a percentage, right? If well, there's 5%, was... you'd go, all right, okay. And then you've got to look at, well, is it still for the greater good? Like, is yeah. it? And ultimately, on balance, is, I would yeah. say, yes, it is. You know, up, e- even if everyone is talking about it, you know, next What's week, every, every musician's going, well, do you know, by the way, I suffer from such and such. But again, I mean, we all do. Like, I've not met one person who's not fucked up, really. Like, it's everyone's got another, their thing. A, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm saying ev- that in a sort of like crass way. But everyone's got their sort of things. That human beings, it's, it's innately part of being a human being. I exactly. do believe that. You know, mm. I think it's, it's never going to be plain sailing. Um, You're a wreck, Stu. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> um, Episode three. So um, <laughs> we get you on the leather sofa. I'm just going to take a seat and watch Adam deconstruct. Look into my eyes, Stu. Now look around. It turns out you have a histrionic personality What's, um, disorder. It's very hot in here. Um, Eddie's um, charity that works. I know, no, I was just saying, I was pretending to be a hypnotist. Oh, sorry, sorry. Eddie's. Um, Eddie TM. Calm, isn't it? Calm, no, yeah. Eddie yeah. does loads for calm because yeah. Pip does a lot with, yeah, with Eddie yeah, on there, doesn't yeah, yeah, he? Yeah. Like, does a lot. Yeah, and I think that was that, uh, what's that guy, wasn't he? Unfortunately, didn't he jump off her? Oh, um, from, they'd done the big benefit at Coco for him, didn't swimming, they? Swimming. Uh, 
uh, Ola is o, 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 Oala swimming pool. Yeah, you know that was yeah. tragic. You know, and, and that think, was fucking horrendous, wasn't it? I haven't heard about this. What what, what happened? I think after a show, didn't he climb up festival, some kind wasn't of? It? Yeah, he climbed up something and just jumped off. And just that was it. You know, fuck, hardcore. And you oh think, my god! And that's that's another level, isn't it? But then you know, I mean, I guess how different is it so I, I've got friends that have ODs and I've got friends that have hung himself and you think that's premeditated stuff that's mm. not just on the screen it is premeditated it's, it's, uh, um, I, I, someone um, I won't say any names obviously but someone came to the um, the toothbrush and, um, and and had a brilliant night with a lot of my friends and he had a great night and went home and hung himself mm-hmm. um, but had you been talking to him that night <laughs> but um He'd he'd bought the rope and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, before. yeah, yeah. He knew he was going to do it. All right, I'm saying you, you might know more about this, but that's the hard bit when you kind of have to rationalise what you're going to do. But then once you've decided you're yeah, going to do yeah, that, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's quite a, a, a more straightforward yeah. lead time up until my best it, mate. It happens. My yeah, best mate. So. He said that when when he first sort of I, I was at uni and when, when your my friend took yeah, 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 like the first. Uh, when it sort of come to me going back to see him because my, my friends were giving me reports that Jamie wasn't doing mm. too well and that. I went back and I spent, you know, a couple of weeks with him just until he was sort of, it was over the Christmas period as well. We spent, it was more than a couple, it was about a month. Mm. And he'd sort of gone from when I first got back to Essex, him not talking to any of my mates, he'd completely gone inside himself to when I left him being back to being like like Jay but you know one of the last things he said to me was um, you know you'd always be my best mate and I was like okay cool and it didn't really really we were playing the computer it didn't really make any sense to me mm. four months later on his 21st he kills himself he's like fuck me like even he knew then that mm. he was tapping out yeah yeah it's like fuck you, you knew that a long long time that you, you were going to and you never I'm know, you expect that as much as you want, you know, yeah. you never know. I mean, unfortunately, even as a therapist, not to me personally, but to friends where they've done therapy and then down the line, they've, they've, they've done that. And yeah. as a therapist, you know, like I say, yeah. oh, God, touch wood, but to try and deal with that. And they said, she went, she left fine. There was no problem. Yeah. She's gone through it and you never know. I think you never, ever know. You know, I guess most people have had some experience of someone close mm. to them doing it. And, and that's the worst thing. It's not like they're those friends that are going... I'm going to kill myself. You just don't know. Through the mind, no. speaking personal, the two friends I've yeah, had, yeah. you would never have known. And it's like, where that come from? And, we, and then you start going, if only I'd have known, what could I have done? The bottom line is nothing. And if someone wants to do it, they're going to do it, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's then, a, yeah. It's a strange ego to think, I, I did, I blame myself for ages. Actually, first time I went to a, a therapist, it was mm. about four or five years later after that happened, and I was fucking really upset. It can eat you up. And like, I didn't realise that a few things that happened back then, uh, as a result of that, had just built and built and built and built. Mm. And I was like, oh, it's obviously my fault. Like, you know, I would have stopped that. And it's like, mm, all right, mate. Well, there's part of your e- part of your ego there, things that yeah, you could yeah, have yeah. stopped that, Superman. which you couldn't have put. That's like, you know, some, you know, it's not within your, no, your, that's, your that's, control that's thing, at yeah. all. But, uh, 
This is a cheer yeah. chat. <laughs> yeah, right. I love so, this. I love this about our, our podcast. So it can go like that. So we actually, I mean, we we touched on the magnificent does by right. the clash. Anyway, and, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, back to that. Uh, so cut this. Um, <laughs> this was remixed um, by uh, the remix was called uh, Pepe Unidos. I didn't know that. You know what? I didn't know any of those um, factoids. Pepe Unidos was in fact Strummer Simonon. Yeah. Um, Ooh. And. Their manager, Bernie Rhodes. Right, really? And He's just got a credit on that, but he didn't do it. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Simonon's a cool fucker, isn't he? Yeah, I've never met him. Yeah, he's got some, some good teeth going on. Oh, he looks the shit, doesn't <laughs> he? He does, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, he's like a pirate, doesn't he? Like an old pirate. Yeah, he, <laughs> he played the toothbrush in Havana 3AM, which was his band oh, wow. post, post-Clash. And it was like... What year was that? Eight years. Ninety. Eighty-nine, ninety. When did Clash stop then? Eighty-four? Must have been something like that, must have yeah. been. They tried um, New Drummer and then, and then Topper was kind of off then, the wall. Then Mick was... Oh, uh, yeah, he'd done his big, big audio. audio yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, they got someone else in, didn't they? Uh, um, we've, we've missed it on Let's. Um, yeah. Who's, uh, who's one of the best DJs. Um We've, yeah. we've had a, a Pips night. And I always want to tell him. a story about him. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered with Don Letts what he does. I, was just like, <laughs> I always kind of see him and I think, well, he's always a spokesman for these things. And I think, so what did you do? Yeah. You he know, won a Grammy, didn't he? He's a lovely guy. I never met him, but I kind of always think, I think he's been quite lucky. Yeah. Been in the right place at the right time because he was a filmmaker. And we used yeah. to have Baby Shambles filmmakers. And, yeah. we, you know, for us, it was just a mate with a phone or yeah. Yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I've always wondered with Don Letts, what did he do? And I'm sure he's done a lot. And it's just, again, you know, this uh, cynicism creeping in. So mm. I scratch my head and think, well, because you're, you know, you're, you're kind of commenting on culture, but where, how? Has he ever produced anything then? I don't know. Did he produce the. Um Oh, I suppose Mick Jones would have produced the big audio dynamite stuff, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think he'd done the film. What was the big film? The big clash film. Wes, or something to Wes. The, um, with he, Shane McGowan. And yeah, he, he directed and that, I think. Something to Wes. I'm not saying that. I've really not seen that. Straight to hell? No, I thought it was something to do with Westway, innit? Or, uh, oh, we'll have a little look. Is, is that, I can't remember what it's called. But anyway, the, the classic clash doco. Oh, hold on. We're done. Let's doing his thing, but you know, you know, I'm sure he's a. He he's knows good, his he's stuff. DJ. He does. He does play some. Uh... No, he does. He's all right. Yeah, he's pretty solid. Is there any? What? What about this one then? Why did you go for? Oh, it was the B side, of course, wasn't it? This Clash one. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, of, of the Magnificent Seven is great. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just like the knob twiddle on this one. It's got a few more simps in it. Like really kind of crazy, quirky sounds. Going boop boop. There's Boing. less. There's less vocals as well. Less there? vocals. Yeah. yeah. I've and never heard nice. it. Mm. Alright, it's good. I've never funky. Heard it. But that bass line's killer through both of them. Oh yeah, it? yeah, 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 it's yeah, proper. Yeah. I remember someone playing it when I heard first heard Magnificent Seven and I thought, fuck, this is great. It was kind of coming on after um Tom Tom Club type stuff and someone was mixing it into that. I think this is great. This is someone modern doing like a kind of a, right. a retro take on yeah. something and realised it was like the clash. And I think, well yeah. what a great band to be able to bend into that. Yeah. Because on when we done the blinding EP, I'd done a remix of the blinding which never saw the light of day. Um like we've got a break beats and stuff on it. I'm gonna have to put it out somehow or f- throw it out some secret way. But yeah, it was great. You know, and I think that's that's sometimes bands miss that touch. Yeah. I think I was the only one in Baby Showers that would come from a bit of a dance background. Yeah. Everyone else was kind of guitars. Drew was very American emo stuff. Peter was Peter. Pat was Sonic Ufi type thing. Did I am I right 
in I watched Glastonbury. Is Drew playing guitar for Liam He's, Gallagher? Yeah, well, Liam put out Liam's management put out a call, back call, to say everyone submit YouTube videos of you playing, and he right. sat at home and picked them. Ah, I kind of half me thinks I should have done it, but then I think I did. I want to do it. I don't know because I think it's very much similar kind of to a dynamic where you are being a backing band, and I struggle with that probably narcissistic traits in me. <laughs> but I, I, I want to be in a band and, and be in a not part a of it not yeah, yeah. But Drew's not great though you know he's, yeah. he's a great network and he's done a lot of other pop work he does a lot on even things like um, you know the, the X Factor type thing he does a lot of that he's he's great at that and that's what he loves doing so I, I heard submitted. I heard the f- uh, track he'd done with Danny Goffey Oh, I think, yeah, Danny's, can't remember what his Danny's thing's called. I think he played bass on it, yeah. Yeah, and, and I watched the video. It's really fucking good. And then I've you know, actually done loads of songs. Yeah. And, uh, and It's called Van Goffey. That's it, yeah. Yeah, Is yeah. his mm-hmm. son in it as well or something? I think his son or... was in the video, yeah. 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 Yeah, um, yeah I, did, I did stumble across that somehow a little while ago. But um, Yeah, I was watching him at Glastonbury, I think, and I just thought... He gets around. Yeah, he does get around. Playing, yeah, yeah. Playing bass? Playing bass. Yeah. See, I'm not I'm not a great networker like that. I I really struggle. If I don't connect with someone, I can't I can't kind of try and pretend, do you know what I mean? I think mm. some people are great yeah. at that. Yeah. I find it really hard. If there's yeah. no vibe there, it's like I can't yeah. really yeah. It's called being a sociopath. <laughs> like, isn't it? like they sociopaths are amazing at doing those. Great, sort of you know, things, I you think know? it's a great skill to be honest. <laughs> yeah, if you want yeah, to make it in yeah. the industry like that as a as yeah. a sideman, yeah. you've got to do that. Yeah, and yeah. I was always really crap at yeah, that, yeah. to my detriment, really. But then I kind of think, well, what do I want to do, really? Because I could have done it. And I do I, I do do something. I play drums in a band, but it's, it's a secret. And if I tell you now, it'll go out. It's a CBeebies band. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's it's brilliant. Go further than these 10,000 downloads. <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> that is yeah. well, I, well, I was I was the MD on, um, on a CBeebies guy that, I think he's been commissioned again, but he sings about garden stuff and vegetables. No. And I tour, I, tour, I tour with him. I've got mates who... Oh, that's amazing. No, how, yeah. how, how, old your, how many children you got? I've got two, four and six. No, four and eight, oh, four and eight. Mate, You've got to be the coolest fucking dad yeah. out there. Kind of to them, but not to many people else. <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> hey, that's all that matters, man. But no, I, t- I always take my son when we do this. We do a lot of festivals. We do a lot of... Um, it was going to do Glasgow this year, but I couldn't face it. I, I couldn't... Because he said, right... He, the only way we do it is we'll bring out, all bring our families. We'll all camp in the kids' field. And this guy was doing shows every day. It's like, I just can't do a week at Glastow in mm. a tent with my kids. Sorry, it's not happening. It's <laughs> yeah. not happening. I've helicoptered in. That ain't happening. Yeah. I'm not doing it for nothing. <laughs> There's no way. I've got Drew with That's, Liam. This is why Ashley still likes going to those concerts. And you're like, no, oh, fuck that. <laughs> you know, Drew's in a main stage with Liam. And there I'm in a kids' field. And if I know one, it's not happening. Um, so, I, I, you know. That's fucking great, man. Really I couldn't cool. do it anyway. I was busy. But yeah, yeah, it was it's good fun. And it's I always said after shambles, I'm not gonna play drums unless it pays me loads of money or I, or it makes me smile. Yeah. It makes me oh, smile. Oh mate, for sure. You know, when you're singing about peas and onions. <laughs> it's good fun. Yeah. That's wicked. Brilliant. Just a quick one, Mike. Going back to Don Letts, he was a director and uh, that, that movie was Westway to the World. That's it, Westway to the World. Um, and going to the clash, see I, my old boss used to like the Clash and that sort of magnificent sort of styly. And so, did you ever used to listen to like Red Snapper and stuff like that? Those Not sort really, of uh, bands. Red Snapper, they were they were around like Ronnie Sykes' time, weren't they? Yeah, then and a bit before that. And they still, so I don't know if they're tour, they're still tour now, but they're kind of like dance musicy, 
But, where did you but a lot get, of band, band oriented. Just the fucking because my old boss used to say, so oh, Benny River made like some stuff. Yeah, as well. like, if you liked, yeah. if you oh, I used to like the Clash and they made this and here's this record, Red Snapper. It's Great. really cool. Do you ever listen to Red Snapper? Red Snapper, Snapper funky stuff. Yeah, it is. It is all. It's yeah. quite funky, but it's dance music yeah, as well. Yeah. But it's all band orientated as opposed to electronically produced. Not like the good side of funk. Hmm. I've not heard Red Snapper fucking. No, yeah, that was that was yeah. nice. No, that's what I mean. It just it, that just dawned yeah. on me when we went. It was weird because I was listening to obviously the Clash track today, yeah. and then it triggered my memory. It's like ninety seven, isn't it? Ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, my my boss going. Oh, you know, I used to like the Clash, and then they started making this sort of stuff, and here's Red Snapper. I don't think I, I never, I've not listened to. I've only ever listened to one Red Snapper record. It was the one with the big fuck off Red Snapper on the front, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was dope. It was really good. Well, we've still got a song to go. We have. So, um, we're building up. Although this isn't necessarily in any order, you did say when we spoke before and we yeah. asked you if they were, this was probably your favourite. It's a go to track. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'll let you introduce it. Adam. It's um, She's Got Everything by The Kinks. It was a B side to the single of Days. Um, yeah, and obviously working with Ray Davis. We've done a great version of um, Really Got Me, obviously the classic with right. Ray Davis. Yep. And again, it was a, it was one of those classics. It, we recorded in Conk. I don't even know. It was it was, it was um, Happy Mondays manager Nathan Nathan McGough, wasn't it? Yep, Nathan McGough. I don't know why, but we ended up in Conk. Nathan McGough was managing Ray Davis, and we were all that one night. Really? Almost. Yeah, this was in two thousand and eight, maybe. So was he doing Towers of London as well then? Yes, I think so. Right. He was managing Ray Davis, so we ended up recording for some someone some charity or some film this version of really got me <laughs> and i remember the right at the end of it i mean it was, i think it sounded like a really good version you know ray davis will be upstairs because in conk you got your kind of floor and you look up and there's this big glass panel so ray sort of, singing no no he was playing he was playing organ on it and so peter was singing peter was singing it was just a band with ray davis was playing organ on it right and uh, we was in cox so it was in his studio and he didn't smile one one time through the whole thing and we didn't really get to meet him he just kind of ghostly be up the top of this this big studio floor then you've got this glass window and he'd be up there not smiling just looking down at us like god <laughs> and then right at the very end we were like yeah what a great take and everyone looked up and he just went again just closed the curtain <laughs> <laughs> it's becoming and a theme and then, then we all tried to go up there after and he just wouldn't, wouldn't open the door wouldn't open his door no, <laughs> yeah I, I think he's had his fair, fair share of mental so, health yeah. uh, struggles, he hasn't he? Right? at one point. Yeah, I yeah. think he struggled as well. But I think Pete did get in there and speak to him after and gave him a union jack. But I think he's, uh, yeah, he's not the happiest of guys. I think mm. he's kind of... And yet, and yet, and yet have, have made some amazing, you know, some of the most uplifting, feel-good sort of tunes going, really. Um, this is this is a lovely song. You heard this one before, Shane? No. Right. No, I've obviously heard Days a lot. Mm. Oh, this is a classic. This was like uh, we used to run a mod club back in from. I used to do. A lot, I've got a lot of old sixties vinyl from. How did you get into when did the mod thing come around? Was this just the mod thing, the, the jazz thing, and then the yeah? Well, no, I was always into it, always. Over. I mean, to be honest, you know, it's kind of. I remember from growing up when the the older generation from us, Quadrophenia was out. When's Quadrophenia was eighty? I don't know. I reckon seventy nine. I do not know. Okay. No, with no. Toya. So that might have been a little bit later than that. Must have been later because I wouldn't have been six. Remembered, I was. I'd yeah. moved to another state. I reckon that was eighty four, mm. roughly. Anyway, I remember yeah, that. That was later stage. Yeah. On it, so yeah. I, I remember all that stuff, and I was just always drawn to that kind of that kind of look. 
and I think the Britpop. Really? Wow, Fucking must have must have hit suburbia a lot later. Just, than like, yeah. to add, just like to add that I got that first guess. <laughs> <laughs> Get you a badge made up, mate. <laughs> but I was always drawn to that kind of music, and then I guess it's, it's it is a kind of a, a classic style that sixties guitar music, mm. and then growing up being in a, in a family where there's a lot of kind of soul being played and a, and a lot of Skinhead music as well. You know, not oi, but like classic mm. ska and reggae stuff. Mm. Being in, engrossed in that kind of culture. And then it just, it was just, just the way it was really. And then I think seeing the new, the kind of the new mod stuff, the second one, I was never into all like Lambrettas and Pebble Secret Arts and all that. I was never into that. that. It was not my thing. But all the original stuff, yeah, and then probably going to college, starting to buy records, and then realising there was a scene, going to like Mousetrap, don't know if you know Mousetrap, Rob Bailey's do. It's, like a, it's the longest running, it's been going for years and years, called The Untouchables. It's been going since the 80s, or The Revivalists. Going there, then starting our own club, buying a lot of records. Um, Is that how you got to know Ian? Yes, well, we, yeah, it was, yeah. I got to know Ian through for being in the band, but... Um, yeah, DJing as well. But that was also at the time of Britpop. So then what you happen, it, the thing kind of fused with that as well. Mm. It's very much a moddy thing. Um, so yeah, running a club and then every, the money we're doing, whilst I was at university, every, all the money we're doing from the club, I remember calling up Crazy Beat Records in Upminster, I think, or yeah. Hornchurch, Upminster. Upminster. Been on the phone to him for hours. Oh yeah, can you play that? Yeah, it's 50 quid. Just spending all, like, probably only about 300 quid a, a week, which was yeah. great for us then. Wow. Spending it all back on records. Um, and that continuing. Now I don't do much record-wise, but um, it's all like MP3 and stuff. But yeah, I still kind of dip my toes into that stuff. You I still love got, that music. You still got all your records? In Loads, your yeah. I've got tons of records. You kept, you kept them in good nick? Yeah. Some yeah. of them are scratched because the old seven inches you forget and you backwind mm-hmm. them. And they're going... Do you know what, right? Um, when we went down to Brighton to speak to Elastic Justin he was saying that Sundays he's vinyl Sundays mm. and and him and Mew like just pick records each and then they just um, dance around the kitchen brilliant and I just thought that just sounds so perfect mm. then and you've got kids but then you've got kids <laughs> and yeah, you're like yeah. and you've got oh yeah some um, shit on but then um, <laughs> when we got to um, Mark Morris's the other Sunday um, in beautiful Tunbridge Wells, mm. we drove through this the cricket green, didn't we? All mm-hmm. looked very lovely, mm. and then got to Marks, and he had his turntable out and was listening. To, he was listening to Love, wasn't he? And uh, and I just thought, yes, he's not. There was no kids there, and I was <laughs> thinking, oh, this is perfect, yeah, isn't yeah. it? All right. All right. Um, yeah, I do. Nice way to spend a Sunday and, yeah. a, good, an and a good relationship with music as well. It's an experience way. when you put a record on yeah, as well. Definitely, it's not like bam, 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 forward it to the best bits. Yep. Yeah. We was talking today when I, I'm on my own from work. Um, uh, my wife works for our work, and um, we was dropping off um, this this young lad that started working for us. And um, and, and Carol said to me, "Oh, um, as your guest chose his topic," and I went, "Yeah, he's he's doing top five B sides takeaways um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that of people he's worked with." And she was like, "B sides, right? Bloody hell!" And uh, <clears throat> and the bloke in the back. It's probably about 22, 23. He went, what's a B-side? <laughs> there you go, you see. And I thought, fucking hell, yeah. He wouldn't know, would he? And that concept, because it's and not like, just what it is. It's not just what is it physically. Yeah. It's like, what does it mean? Because yeah. for us, it's taken and, for granted. And, and so what? Carol was going, well, do you remember Oasis? And he was like, yeah, sort of. He was like, well, they're, 
that, that their B sides were as good as A sides yeah, and all that yeah. their stuff, blah yeah. blah blah. You know, you'd probably know, you know, acquiesce and you know nah. half a world away. Their would C- know. Half a world away. Their C D their C D like, singles released then when they did like the Benson and Hedges yeah, 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 um, yeah. pack. So uh, yeah. there was silver and gold, weren't there? And it was a wicked little collection. That and that's when I was sort of started really getting into my music, yeah. like was uh was collecting like I love my American hip hop, but the singles released in the UK were done in such a much more fun way. And yeah, so I love yeah. just getting them all and having them all on display for yeah, anyone who yeah, yeah. came around my house. Man, I love if that. You, uh, I don't get to do that now. Well, I, I, I just open your shit and I don't really do that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I if could. you wrote Acquiesce <laughs> and went, or Arthur World away and went, yeah, we put it on the B side. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you're yeah. confident in your abilities to keep writing good songs, aren't you? Because yeah. how many bands would kill to write anything yeah, half yeah. as good as yeah, that, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, he had no idea what a B-side was, which then brought the question on to, um, obviously with CD singles, there'd, there'd be often three tracks on a CD single. Yeah, yeah, and you get a CD too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But when people really... Look, if artists... Right, release a single now. Mm. So say, because the last time I saw a, a, a single release as such was probably walking into a supermarket and seeing whatever was number one at Christmas right. for X Factor, yeah, like some yeah, display yeah. thing in, yeah. in the foyer. Do they, uh, you know, if they release, say, they've got nothing on their iTunes and they're a new artist and they release their, their track, do they record another couple of tracks in this day and age? You know, is there like a a B side or or you know a three track CD yeah, or is yeah. it just one track now? Is that all they record? I think there's normally a lead. I don't know. It's weird because I guess in the pop market it wouldn't be the pop market would be one track, but bands normally have a lead track. And it's the thing is, it's, it's like the Wild West still. Everyone thought it'd be settled down by now. Yeah. And what I hear, it's like, well, if I was sending say that EP there to, to radio, they say, well, what's the radio track? It's just the one they push, the one they're going to go for. And which is shit, I think should be given, mm. and someone go, yeah. oh, well, this is it. And there's yeah. also speculation when we was doing stuff, oh, I had to have a, a drum on it. I had to have a drum kit, especially in the 90s. So right. half a world away would never be considered for a... Yeah. Which is bullshit because some of these curveballs come in and hit without any beats on it. Yeah. It's got no bass line on it. Oh, it's got no this. And because all these record pluggers, they think they know what the radio want. This is why it's so sterile now. Yeah, oh, they because want you're homogenising everything, yeah, right? They want this. So they deliver this. That's homogenisation. That's yeah. the perfect... That's that's what happens. It makes like, everyone yeah. stupid. Yeah. And... and, and, and you know, it, it doesn't encourage creativity. Just and stop love trying to house yeah. martins. You know what a curveball. <laughs> Fuck me. That's so weird you say that. You know. That's so weird you say that. I um, I had a couple of drinks on Saturday night. I went and watched <laughs> watched Brett Goldstein Naughty. do his stand up, yeah. and it was bloody brilliant. Um, and then um, I come home and um, I was just listening to the music on on um on vinyl. No, I wasn't. I was listening to it on YouTube. <laughs> um, yeah. And I listened to, um, I was getting a bit sombre, and so I wanted to listen to stuff that are my kind of go-to sombre songs, mm-hmm. one of which is uh, Let Love Speak Up Itself, oh, by The Beautiful Self. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I just thought, and it led me on a bit of a kind of curveball of, uh, I'm guilty of doing that thing that I'm moaning about, which is, you might like this, that little stream of yeah, things yeah, down yeah, the right-hand yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up going and doing that. Um one of it was the House Martins performing um, Caravan of Love live on stage when Norman Cook right, was yeah, yeah, playing yeah. bass way back then. Oh, with their jumpers uh, on. 
Yeah. Kind of, yeah, I've oh, seen that And and then in the end, his voice, he just fucking lets it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've just put a drunken status up saying Paul Heaton's got one of the greatest UK yeah, soul voices I agree. ever. I agree. And uh, and then I've got a load of shit. But um, <sighs> one of my favourite bands, House Martins, up there with the Roses, totally. His voice is yeah, fucking yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an absolute dude. Yeah. He's obsessed with crisps, which is I fucking he? love. <laughs> yeah, have you met him? No, I'd love to meet Paul Heaton. So I got in touch with him on MySpace back when I'd, I had a solo album coming out in 2008. It was all looking great and it was all hype behind me from the shamble stuff. It subsequently, all kind of collapsed. Terra Firma bought EMI. It was a mess. But MySpace got rid of him. Paul, I've always been a huge, big fan. He said, great, I'll send you my CD. Because at that point, he hadn't got back with Jackie and it was all a bit down. Yeah. And he sent me his album, signed, literally. Oh. I just sent him a mail saying, really big fan. Bam. Because I think I put one of the House Martins tracks on one of those Baby Jams Back to the Bus things. Mm. I think I chose House Martins, so I said, I'll put that on there. And, you know, what, what great. I think for oh. someone like that, that's why when people send me shit like that, I, I always yeah. like send it back. It means so much, one small, you, you know, five-second task or whack yeah, it yeah. in an envelope. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it means so much to people. And I think from being a fan, even from getting backstage in the Blur days, like being let backstage and hanging out with, with Dave and asking Dave, you know, as a 17-year-old, what should I work on? Work on your paradiddles whilst his neck in wine. He didn't remember that when he came to my house. But anyway, so but I remember that. You know, and I remember how that felt. For me, yeah. that, if I wasn't in the band, they would have been the pinnacles of my life, yeah. probably. Getting yeah. backstage with Blur and hanging out with them. He didn't, yeah, didn't hang out with me. I was no one. that oaf in the corner with, <gasps> on a rocket. <laughs> um, but, you know, so whenever in the shambles days, there'd be kids like, come on, sneaking them yeah. in because you know how much that means. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why my fan base is quite strong now because everyone remembers. Well, like, they would always be like young girls after the gig. I remember in Bristol or Bath and they were like, young girls. And the school teacher, I mean, what are you doing? Oh, we can't get home now. I said, I'll give them money. And then that comes back to me. You know, it's like yeah. every now and then, oh, remember 15 years ago when you paid for my cab home? Not in a sordid way, literally yeah, just yeah, for merch. Yeah. I have a tenner. I don't, yeah. you know, get home, be yeah. safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that stuff, you know, it kind of comes back, definitely comes back on a small scale. I think Pip's done that really well. Like, you, you know, one of our buddies, um, his fan base is so strong. Even like uh, he, he's so, he, his social media presence is mad because he blew up like with MySpace and he really understands yeah, it. Then yeah. he? he's been B- BBC to have spoken to Pip about you know the whole Instagram business mm. and Twitter. But even just seeing him face to face, so he he always when he does his merch stand, he's always serving people mm. at his merch stand. I think he still does that, and he always treat you just seeing the the delight in people's faces getting to hang out with him and so you know. You say that, right? Because my first experience of that was at the Y Club in Chelmsford and I was watching the wedding present and I come downstairs and David Gedge was selling his T-shirts and I wow. was like... When was that? What year was that? Oh, it was... No, it was... He probably toyed with Cinerama then. Wow. So, like, it was late, but it had... He bought the... the guitar, oh, who was the guitarist in wedding present? Oh, God. He looked like Paul Wicker, the tall vicar from Viz. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, he because um, they're on the road all the time, which is a continual. Mm. And yeah, but uh, yeah, you, oh god, I just want to talk about Paul Eaton there because uh, the new album's great, is it? Brilliant, oh, really yeah. I good. Just, um, I just check it out if you like Beautiful South. It's an amazing album. Have you yeah. read the Beautiful South book? No. They were more rock and roll than any other band in the 90s. Wow. When people talk about Blur and Oasis, yeah, yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. read the book about the well, beautiful stuff. Give, give us a snippet, mate, because I, you know, that is surprising. Raging pissheads. 
raging really? hisses. Really? Like, um, they just sounded like fucking maniacs. And they just sounded like an <laughs> army of maniacs as well. There was There's a lot of them. There was a few yeah. of them, yeah. And, uh, and the other band that I thought would be hippies and chilled was James. Right. And I read um, a, 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 one of James, or, or it was a book about James. And obviously it wasn't Tim Booth. But the other guys were all like, yeah, yeah, football yeah. hooligans. Yeah, yeah, They're all yeah. Manchester like Yeah, that's true, actually. Like, yeah. and I just Same thought, as the farm as well. The farm comes oh, from really? that background. Yeah, massive, massive scale firm, soccer firm. They were all Everton wow. boys as well, weren't they? Well, they, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know they yeah. come from a soccer background, and I heard James did too. Yeah. I think when the whole hooligan thing was being clamped down, a lot of them just think, what are we going to do? Let's make music. Yeah. And there's a few of them doing that. Bloody hell. All right, well, are we done? Well, we, we, we've... um. That's been pretty interesting. That's been great. It's lovely to see whenever, whenever, <laughs> whenever Stu gets right into his India as well, Adam. His little face all just cheers. Oh, me too, up. me too. I was yeah. thinking today I was going to do a top ten in forgotten indie B sides, and I was thinking oh, I would have done Birdland. And oh, no, it wasn't B sides; it was just singles. I do Birdland, but I think who else do I love? Like Gene, a band called the Katie Dids. <laughs> you know all these little bands. Oh, uh, you know. Last week. I went on Amazon and spent £13 and I bought all four Gene albums on CD. <laughs> wow. Just be, and, I, and do you know what? I was just thinking, I can't wait to play London Can You Wait at top volume in my car <laughs> because fuck me, Rossiter's voice is fucking incredible. Yeah, yeah, Have yeah. you heard Gene do Night Swimming by R.E.M.? Yeah. Oh, fuck me. That must have been a B-side. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that's a good one as well. Have you heard him do, uh, what's the Aretha Franklin, Franklin song? Because there's, there's albums. There's Olympian, isn't there? Then there's See the Lights. Have you got, did you buy to See the Lights? Yep. And then there was In at the Deep End, and then there was another Fighting Fit. Fighting Fit. No, fight, um, it won't And that's fight. a single from In at the Deep um, End with the guy with the... Goes. No, what was it called? Um, yeah, no, as good as it gets. That's it. And then there was another one which I wasn't really into. It's the one with all the B-sides and the BBC sessions on it. It's got her 15 years on it and stuff. I think that's the second album they released. It wasn't. It was like a a compilation. But yeah, I mean, it's great. You know, I remember hearing For the Dead, I was walking around HMV, that would have been 97, thinking, whoa, just the guitar work. Yeah. Wow. I remember going to see it at Cambridge. Oh, great. God. I was always surprised why it didn't. I think people always knocked him off as the Morrissey thing, and because of that image. But that did was the you problem. see when um, a little, uh, probably about three years ago, Morrissey got a cover CD on the NME, and the opening track was "Fighting Fit," and it oh, was really? his, uh, his his final acknowledgement that wow. Gene were actually a fucking great wow. band. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Because "Fighting Fit" is a fucking pop gem. Yeah, it? it's a fucking great record. I think there was a bit of tension from from what I hear in the band. But as there always is. But I think Martin's released a solo record, didn't he, last year? Two yeah. Years yeah, he's down in Brighton, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. All these people you see, they get there. London Can You Wait by Gene. Um, I'll tell you how I heard that. I got sent by one of the DJ promo services the theme, uh, the, 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 the soundtrack to what was the mid 90s gangster movie that Damon Alban was in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it was a bank yeah. job, and it was Chalky from Quadrophenia. Yeah, I know the one you mean. It was one word like crash or something like that. I can't think what it was called. Yeah. Um, tweet in if you uh, if you listen. Oh mate, I'm racking my brains for that. What was and, it? Uh, um, and and I think um, London Calling was on it. He had a fucking great score. Wow. 
But Google it, how you put your computer. I can't remember what it's called. I'm just trying. You know when you want to remember it. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know the film. He was in it for about five minutes. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't very good in it either. Yeah, and London Can You Wait was on the was on the soundtrack to that, and that was the first time I heard that. But, um, I'm always surprised that they didn't go into bigger things that band you know, yeah they, they, of all the Britpop bands that were you know there was a lot of novelty ones that were thrown in there for yeah, good measure yeah. and they, they wrote proper songs and yeah. they had their artwork was fucking brilliant like yeah. I, I just thought they they had it right Gene and, yeah uh, I, think, I think for me after the first album it, it wasn't as strong and the artwork then they lost it a bit by the time they'd done that third album I yeah it was a bit like this isn't. It's not as con- it's not as together it's as one it of was. albums called Libertine. Yes, that was the last one I done. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I didn't. Uh, for me, the songs on that weren't as strong mm. as that first album. You know, things like Olympian and that. You think in the car that sped. You think fuck. Haunted by you. Yeah. You know, yeah. And those songs. I guess it's like the first Roses album. It's been sculpted over probably yeah. five years. Well, then it's like shit. We got two years. We got to deliver. That yeah. Way. Yeah. We're selling loads. Just throw it out. Polydor. Yeah. Great. Is that film out. called Crash. No. no, mate. Keep, that was uh, that was. Um, have you got it up on the screen? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. It's really fucking. It's obvious, really, when you think. Give it's us the first first letter. It begins with F, and uh, it's proper gangster. Face, face, face. Yeah, face. That was it. Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! All right, well, look. Um, next time, come back, Adam. We'll we'll go next time in the music yeah, room. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll play records. some vinyl. Yeah, yeah we should records. do that more, like right. we. We've got a, the reason why we haven't been playing um, songs to this point is because uh, you know, people get weird about it and they play their songs. But there's a certain amount of time you can just about get away with it, can't you? Before people get funny about royalties, funny about royalties and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how we'll have to set that up. Well, we'll be all right because, because we've never we, done if that. If we just sit in the room and we play it on the on the turntables, it allowed. go through the mic so we can get away with it like that. I think that, <laughs> yeah. I think that's the way. Yeah, it sound it. fucking dreadful to anyone other than us three, mm. but. Um, Ah, oh, it's our podcast, mm. they can do with it. Yeah, we can always do it as well. Something we've not started is accompanying our podcast with pictures. You know, like as when people are listening on their yeah, phones yeah. on ACAST, you can see pictures, so we can get all the record cover labels up and all that shit. Well, there's obviously going to be a fucking huge um, playlist on Spotify now, because we've spoken nothing about great records all night. So, yeah, there's um, no Birdland on Spotify. I've checked for Birdland, you can't get them. Oh, really? Spotify. Yeah, a lot of those bands like Spitfire. Yep. You won't find, you oh, every Spitfire's on there. Super Baby EP's on there, but a lot of the other stuff... So that's a fucker. You even get that with even drum and bass. Mm. I'm looking for track. I'm absolutely like that, that I've paid for. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I just haven't taken off a of vinyl, and I'm like, I'm not. Same as doing, iTunes. You know. iTunes don't have all the old tracks. Nah. Struggle really. Mm. All right. Well, look. Thanks loads for. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure, Adam. Fucking Cheers, brilliant. Mate. It's been really good fun chatting, good. and um, look forward to having you you back again. And um, yeah, enjoy. Um, just before we go, um, anyone else has got their top five B sides? Yes. Oh um, fuck yeah, Ad. Where can people find out about what you're up to? Uh, yeah, my, my I mean my music site is adamfaisetmusic.com, and the uh, more grown up stuff is called musicandmind.co.uk. It's both those sides of my output. Yeah, my kid. And when we put this out, we'll obviously tweet and insta and everything with with your tags great with a few with a few little links and get people we're quite lucky because our listeners normally submit their favourite top five uh, b-sides to to singles probably not with our not probably not with the artists that they've worked with but it'll still be interesting to hear what your top (laughs) five b-sides are so yeah wicked Adam thanks mate no problem cheers mate bye 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 it just it just it just went too far back. It really caught me in the back of the throat, mate. I did oh not I didn't God. see it coming. 
Um, Did you say anything? No, I couldn't, man. I was embarrassed for him, to be quite yeah. honest with you. He just, he just what so was that? Was he just being too aggressive? I think so. Aggressive and overexcited. You know, I can be quite... I can get people worked up, can't I, sexually. Yeah. And, um, you know, one thing led to another. Because I've found plenty of times I've just kind of sort of... I don't know, I've just kind of been lost in it. I've looked down and I've seen you and you're like... <coughs> and I just think, like, I don't know, is he laughing? I don't know. But obviously... You don't give me a chance. You do, you ask me, but then you don't give me a chance to reply. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess the guy misread the situation. You right now? Um, well, I, di- I dislocated my jaw. Oh, jeez. On his cum pipe, but um. Yeah. We probably. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to start recording now? Oh, it's, oh no, no. I started, mate. Oh, well, it's Joe. Um, if you can. Um, uh, whip that out, mate. Whip that out, please. Right. Well, look. Um. Thanks ever so much for um, uh, listening to that, that um, to the end because we knew you would because it was a fucking cracker. Yeah, and yeah. thanks so much to Adam that ventured down to, to Essex and came to the the Whiff Inn, and um, and we had we had a few ciders and and a good chat and yeah we we've told you all of his social media um, titles and whatnot at the end of the podcast so go add him and go chat to him and yeah and. Let us know your thoughts, what your favourite B-sides. Yeah. It would be lovely to hear what other people's favourite B-sides are. A- absolutely. And and when you see, you know, the, the names that he's of the people he's worked with, it's fucking amazing. Like, yeah. All right, well, look, we won't, we won't bang on too much longer and um, we will see you next time. Thank you, as ever, for your support, you lovely people. Thank you, thank you, thank Subscribe, you. Subscribe, you slags! It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.